and turn to Proverbs 8, 11. Everyone there? Okay. Okay. Um, for wisdom is better than rubies, and and all things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. So, by reading this verse, you may already know my message is about wisdom, and I'm going to tell you a few things about wisdom using a few simple points. For one, wisdom is better than gold and rubies, which is shown through the verse we just read, and Proverbs 16, 16. If you want, you can turn that. You don't have to. But it says, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and able to get understanding rather, rather to be chosen than silver? So basically what this is saying is, if you haven't already figured it out, um, the Bible is saying wisdom is pretty much... <laughs> the most valuable thing you can have on this earth, at least one of them. Um, when I say that, I mean that pretty much excludes everything else, like gold, rubies, diamonds, everything is less valuable than wisdom on this earth. Um, and I can show you an example by going to 1 Kings 3, 5 through 15. Okay, and it says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what, and, and I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart which thee, oh, sorry, with thee, I have small writing in this Bible, and thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is, is this day. And now, and now, Lord, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child, and I know not how to go out or come in. This is one of the main verses. And thy... And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, and a greater people that cannot be numbered nor counted for, for multitude. Um, and give, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge, that, to judge thy people, and I may discern between good and bad, for, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? So... He, Solomon just asked for wisdom over everything else he could have asked for. He could have asked for riches, long life, power over his enemies, um, you name it. He could have asked for it, technically. But he asked for wisdom. And then we were, okay, we were in verse 10. And his, and his speech pleased the Lord, Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto them, Because thou hast asked for this thing, and 
Wait. Okay, lost my place. Okay. Because thou hast asked for this thing and have not asked for thyself long life, neither have asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thy understanding and discern judgment. Because, behold, I have done according to thy words, well, and I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like, like thee before. Wait, I keep losing my place. I'm sorry, I have very small writing in this Bible. It's like a font size two, so. But um, anyway, um, and so that, that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. So through asking for wisdom, he also received everything he didn't ask for. Like I said, gold, riches, long life. As we get into this verse here in 13. And I've also given thee that which, wait, no, I read that, right? Okay, here we go, 14. And if thou wilt walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments, as thy father David did, did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Don't ask me what that clattering was, I have no idea. I'll prime my compass. But anyway, so like I said, he, um, God gave Solomon everything he didn't ask for. Um, and partially because he did ask for wisdom. And we get into my final point here. Um, and how do you ha how do you get wisdom? Well, you can find out by looking in Psalm one eleven ten. This message is going to be shorter than I thought it would be. Let's see, it's the biggest book in the Bible, and we can't find Psalms. Here we go, Psalms one eleven ten. And it says, says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And a good understanding. Wait, am I reading the right verse? Okay. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, a good understanding have all they that do unto his commandments, his praise endure forever. So basically, if you fear the Lord and respect him, you are a wise person, which kind of isn't a very deep point, but it makes sense at least. Um, and we're getting to my final thought here already. Um, what would you rather have? Riches beyond your wildest dreams and a long life and power over your enemies, if you have any. Um, which, I mean, you might. <laughs> or would you rather have wisdom? Solomon picked correctly, and I hope you do too. So today I'm going to be talking to you about a verse that I've been thinking about recently. I really like it. It's Romans 1.16. Most of you probably know it. Everyone there? Romans 1.16. And it states, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. 
to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So when I read or hear this verse, I think how all we have to do is believe and trust in him to carry us through hardships and stuff. And if we believe in him, we can be saved from hell. At my school, I'm known to be a helpful person in my grade, someone people could talk to, someone that you can trust. And people wonder where I get all this from, where I learn all these things. And oftentimes I've been too scared to tell them the truth because I think they'll like make fun of me and stuff. But all I have to do is realize that God will protect me and guide me if only I trust him to. And every single time I've, I help someone or talk to them, they always end up thanking me and being happy that I was able to help them. And because I did that, well, it makes me happy. And this is just something else I kind of feel when I read this verse. God works through our works. We got to put forth the work to receive the reward. And also, you know, people are risking their lives all over the world. Like I was talking about, the missions board. All those lights are where someone is right now, all over the world, where people don't have the freedom to speak their mind, to worship what they want. And if I'm worried about getting made fun of because of what I believe, well, that's kind of pathetic. And also, like, if I don't talk to them, if I don't tell them the truth, that may be the, their only chance to see light and to see Jesus through someone. I don't think anyone would want to go to hell. And I think most people just don't believe it because they're scared. But we just got to pull up a couple of verses and, well, they could be on their way to heaven one day. So I just hope that you all, like, understand that there's no reason to be scared and God's always with you. That's it. Hi. Thank you all for coming tonight. As most of you already know, my name is Alicia Fontaine. I just wanted to take a quick minute and tell you all on how awesome of a God we serve and that through everything, he is still on his throne and he is always right there with you through good and bad. I have failed him so many times, but praise the Lord, he has never failed me. I am truly blessed and thankful that through all of my faults and failures, he has been there for me and he has never failed me. Praise God. Thank you. Dominic and Jaden for those messages, blessing to me, and I hope my, my message will also be a blessing to everyone. Um, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 10, give me Luke chapter 10. I have written on my notes, don't be monotone. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you guys to fall asleep on me. All right, Luke chapter 10. We're going to start reading in, we're going to start reading in verse 25, Luke 10, 25. Wait for a couple more people to get there. All right. 
Uh, I'm sure you, most of you know this passage. Uh, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, a lot of sayings that we get in our English language are from the Bible, like the Good Samaritan. Uh, and this is that parable. So I'm going to read. Uh, just listen along as I read here. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Um, this verse, he asked Jesus, who is, who is my neighbor? That's the question that we're kind of going to be focusing on. Because uh, it's a good question if you think about it. If, if you're commanded to love your neighbor as yourself, you want to know who that is, right? Like, if you love someone as yourself, that's, that's a really high standard of love. Um, and, he's, and he's willing to justify himself. He says unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Um, so Jesus answers this question with the parable of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, in verse 30, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said unto him, He that showed mercy on him. And said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. All right, so... Uh, I guess my message kind of has four points if, uh, if you're thinking about this in an organized way. Um, and the first point comes from verse 37. The, Jesus asked in verse 36, which of those three was neighbor to him that fell among the thieves? And the lawyer answered, he that showed mercy on him. Um, if we ended it there, then the answer to that question of who is my neighbor would be like somebody that shows mercy on you or somebody, maybe that means somebody is your friend or somebody... Uh, that gives something to you that you could give in return something. Um, but it doesn't stop there. He that showed mercy on him was, was neighbor to, to that man who was robbed. But it said, then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. Um, Jesus gave the commands not to love your neighbor as yourself by loving that default neighbor that is already like a friend or a loved one in some way. He said, be a neighbor. Um, and that's my first point, be a neighbor. And he, he gave that command, go and do that likewise. In other words, go and be like the Samaritan, be a neighbor. Uh, so how do you be a neighbor? Um, we're going to turn to Luke, Luke 6, go back a few pages, go to Luke 6 and verse 27. Luke 6, 27. Um, this is another wonderful passage. Uh, it's full of a lot of good stuff. I think, I think you guys will really enjoy this as you read. We're going to start reading verse 27. Um, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, and do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, 
and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Uh, we're just going to stop there for a second. There are a few more verses I want to read in this passage. But verse 31, we would know as the golden rule. Um, you know, treat others as, as you would want to be treated. And something really important about the language here that we understand but maybe don't think about as much, it says, as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. It doesn't say as men do to you, do also to them likewise. It's not reciprocating something that they've already done. It's saying what you wish people would do to you, do to them likewise. Um, and you can imagine how powerful that is, thinking about, like, what would I want somebody to do for me? Um, if we look back at the parable, I'm going to be alluding back to the parable that we read uh, many times throughout the short message. Uh, that person on the side of the road, I could imagine, wanted somebody to have compassion on him. And I think it's evident that the Samaritan would have wanted that same thing if he was in that situation, and he knew that. He, he was probably thinking in his head, if I was on the side of the road, lying half dead, I would want somebody to have compassion on me and come by and help me, Right? Um, so just think about that golden rule in the Samaritan, being obedient to that and, and understanding that in his own life. Uh, so if, let's just keep reading verse 32 here. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward should be great. You should be called the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Uh, so uh, these verses are just awesome for helping us have that understanding. Um, I think it's easy for us to just think about how to be a good person, like you would maybe just be good to people who are good to you, right? Like, if, uh, if, like a family member, they love you, you love them back. And that's, but if you think about it, that's what the world does anyways. Um, if you look at families of, of people that aren't saved, that don't know, don't know Christ, uh, they're the same way. And maybe they have, you know, more problems perhaps just because they're not, they're not saved and they don't have that Bible foundation. But uh, if you really think about it, the world lives like this anyways. And God calls us to be above and beyond. He says, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you, that despise you. Um, and, and it says in verse 35, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. So my main point uh, right here, second point, how do you be a neighbor? Give freely. Uh, it says that's what, what God does. He says it's his kindness to the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. And if we look back, back at the parable again, um, I think... The, the priest and the Levite that passed by that man on the side of the road, they were supposed to be children of God, a priest and a Levite. That's the, the tribe of Israel that, that would serve God in his temple. Um, but I don't think they were, just based on their actions. Uh, they, they clearly didn't seem to have this understanding of, of being kind and having compassion on someone because they, uh, God had compassion on them. And uh, that brings us to our next point, um, and I'm just going to say this point right now. It's that Christ is our example. Christ is always our example. He's our best example. There's no situation in which he is not our example, right? Amen? So um, this, and again, verse 35 and 36, it's, it's comparing us to God. When we're children of the highest, when we're children of God, we are like God. For he is kind unto the unthankful, to the evil. Um, if you think about Romans 5.8, don't turn there. 
Uh, many of you have this verse committed to memory, I'm sure. Um, it's Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And that's the example that Christ is to us. He's our Savior, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we existed, before we knew him, before we could ever love him, he died for us, and, and he loved us. Um, and some of us have lived many years uh, without the Lord, and we didn't love him, and he put up with that. Um, it's just amazing to think about his example for us. And so, Jesus, best neighbor ever, right? All right, so uh, it's, it's true, though. It's true because um, he loves us as, as himself and, and maybe even more. Um, so that's, that's the, the third point. Christ is our example. Uh, I have an interesting quote here. So Christ loved us before we knew him and died even for those who never would. Died for those who would never know him. Um, it's another thing. If you think about Jesus died for everybody, not just us, right? All right, uh, last point. If you would turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. It's after Timothy, Hebrews, and, and Titus and Philemon. Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to start reading in verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Uh, let's start reading in 14, my bad. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. Um, there's so much in these verses. You could preach so many messages on these. Uh, but I want to focus on verse 15 says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. It's double negative. It's saying Jesus is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, um, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And uh, it kind of just, just hit me when I read this. Um, again, thinking back to our last point of Christ being our example, and uh, it, it's amazing to think that Jesus was a man on this earth, all God and all man, and as a man, he was subject under the things that we go through. Um, and because of that, he not only understands us, and he would understand us anyways, even if he didn't go through those things, but he can actually say, I did that just like you. Um, and I went through that. I endured temptations, yet without sin. And uh, if you think about it, that's Jesus putting himself on our level. Um, he's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the first and the last, beginning and the ending, Alpha and Omega, and he put himself on our level. Um, it's just incredible to think about. And the example that that is, right? Because if, if Jesus can put himself, bring himself down and humble himself to our level, then who are we to bring our, ourselves above somebody else, right? And that's, that's the point that I'm making right now is uh, keep your perspective on Christ. That's something that's so important. Um, when we're thinking about uh, neighbors, relationships with other people that we meet, that we come across, family members, friends, people that we don't know, people at school, people at work, keep your perspective on Christ. Uh, Jesus, as, as our example, came to this earth and, and made himself just like us. Um, and, and again, just if, if, he, if he could do that, like who, who am I to, to think myself better than somebody else? So, I hope when you see a lost person or somebody in need, maybe like that person who was robbed on the side of the road, they're in need, 
um, if you think about your perspective, think about the grace and mercy that Jesus has had on your life. And if there's nothing, there's no reason that you shouldn't be in that position that that person's in, right? Um, and and that'll I think help us to to maybe have compassion on that person like the Samaritan did, and uh, help us to to realize that it's absolutely the right thing to try and help that person as much as we can. So keep your perspective on Christ. We are on equal ground with the lost. Jesus is the only difference. Jesus is, is everything for us, and he died for uh, the lost person just like he died for us. Um, and so I would encourage you when you see somebody who's lost, who's in need, be a neighbor to that person. Give them the gospel. Um, somebody gave the gospel to you, didn't they? You, you want, you, you, you're glad that somebody gave the gospel to you, so give the gospel to that person. Um, even if you don't think that they would, that they would believe in Jesus, just you've got to give the gospel to that person. That's the golden rule, right? Help do unto others as you would have done to you. Um, those are my four points, but just something to take with you as you're thinking about being a neighbor and the Samaritan and, and, and who he was, and Jesus is our example. Um, not necessarily every day, but often, oftentimes I ask myself or, or I ask God in my own life, um, not like the lawyer did, you know, asking who's my neighbor, uh, you know, who, who should I love as myself, but more uh, who can I be a neighbor to? And, and I ask God, who are you going to bring my way this day that, that I can be a help to, that I can be a blessing to? Um, and and who, who, are you, who am I going to cross, cross paths with uh, that, is, that is meant to be so that I could just, just give that person something? And I hope that you would maybe ask God that uh, in your daily life because we're called to, to, be, um, to be witnesses for Christ in this world. And I can say personally that uh, the most joyful and, and just awesome days that I've ever lived um, in my short life of 18 years is uh, those days when I was able to share the gospel with someone. Um, and those days that, that I maybe gave up something for someone, that I, that I helped someone. And I could, do, uh, I could be so successful in so many uh, random ways, but it's, it just doesn't compare with giving the gospel to someone. And you know that you're being just like Jesus when you do that. You know you're following his example. You're being the best you can be. Um, so I'd encourage you to give the gospel to, to people and to, as Dominic was saying, not fear. Uh, we, we have the gospel. It's the cure for those around us. God is on our side, and, and we can share the gospel. So I just really hope this is an encouragement to you. Um, it certainly was, has been to me. Um, I really think of my school as a mission field, and I fall so short of, of being a missionary to my school, but um, that's how I try to think about it, and I hope that maybe in your workplace or wherever you go that there are lost people, you'd think of it as, as a mission field. Uh, let's, let's, let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you so much for this uh, wonderful night that we've had so far, and uh, for just the blessings that you've given us for coming down and meeting with us um, through the music, the worship, and the messages. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd be glorified in all the rest of the things we do tonight and send us home safe and uh, help us to keep the things that we've heard in mind. And I'm so thankful for your grace and mercy in all of our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name.